Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. Yay, we are finally back with another guest episode. I know we've been on like a month and a half break without guests, so I'm excited to have them coming back to the show, and I have a couple more lined up throughout the next coming weeks, which is so exciting because I missed talking to other people and hearing more about their stories and experiences and what they're unapologetic about. In this episode, I had the pleasure chatting with Lexi Silverstein. Lexi is a college student who is currently attending the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in LA. And she has been a sustainable advocate and she's also a content creator and ambassador for sustainable fashion brands where she is educating millennials and Gen Z folks regarding sustainable fashion, how to incorporate it into your daily lives and how sustainable fashion can truly make the world a better place. So it's really cool that I got to chat with her because I have never had um, someone who is Gen Z on my podcast before. So it was really exciting to get Gen Z representation on to the show. And I would love to have more Gen Z guests on my podcast. So hopefully in 2023, I will have more Gen Z guests because I believe they bring like a whole new and fresh perspective to our world today. I really hope you enjoy this episode and what Lexi has to offer. I think you can learn quite a bit of fun things regarding sustainable fashion. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the interview. Hi, Lexi. Welcome to Shamelessly Unapologetic. Thank you so much for being here. And how are you doing today? Thank you so, so much for having me. I am so good. How are you? I am also doing well. Thank you for asking. It's definitely been a very busy work day today, to say the least. I'm a recruiter at a big tech company, and so hiring and meetings can be really draining. And then I had a meeting prior to this, so I'm just like, oh my God, it never ends. Just a (laughs) never-ending day. (laughs) Everyone always says they're like, um, before I did like, like influencing or podcasting or something like that, I had like a nine to five and now all of a sudden I have a 24 seven job, but I'm like, I could not relate more to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, what is your 24 seven job? Well, I actually have four jobs, um, <laughs> as okay. on top of being a student at the fashion Institute in Los Angeles, where I currently am. So I work on social media. I do, um, influencing and stuff like that. And then on top of that, I help run other people's Instagram. So I'm the social media manager of this amazing sustainable business called uh, red carpet green dress. And then as well, I am a intern at my school fit, um, a social media intern. Wonderful. No, that was a great intro. Cause I was literally about to go like, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I feel like that was like a good intro. I don't know if that was Unless there's anything else you want to add. Yeah. Um, just, I mostly focus on my own social media on sustainable fashion, which is a big part of also being a part of red carpet green dress. I think that sustainable fashion, well, fashion in general, so many people don't know how harmful the fashion industry can be. 
And mm-hmm. I think it's so important that once you first educate yourself on the sustainable side of things that you really, you know, strive to make a change in your everyday habits when it comes to the fashion industry. So I kind of use my platforms as a way to educate people, first of all, on sustainable fashion. And then on top of that, my dog is moving in the background. And then on <laughs> top of that. It's all good. My cat's already meowing. So <laughs> I hope it's work. She's usually pretty good. But um, on top of that, I try to also educate people on how they can make those sustainable changes. So I'm a huge sustainable advocate, and I never stop talking about sustainable fashion. (laughs) Yeah, as you should. And I mean, I think sustainable fashion does not get enough attention. I definitely used to be very guilty of shopping with fast fashion brands. The only one that I'll still probably shop from is Topshop, but I do try to be more conscious about like, where I am getting my clothes from because when I found out more about like the truth from like fast fashion and how the labor industry is so cruel um, because it's usually like people who are making the clothes who are in China and like labor shops and all of that and it's so unethical or and you just you feel so bad for those people who are just getting paid pennies for all these beautiful things that they're making whereas here in the U.S. we're so privileged that we just like take it all for granted. Yeah, definitely. It's actually part of like my journey of learning about sustainable fashion is, is actually learning that there are um, sweatshops also in the US, even though they're definitely not as like uh, frequently found as they are in like places like Bangladesh, but they're mostly focused on sweatshops in like Los Angeles and New York City, which are two very- Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, you learn something every day, which is interesting because those are also like the two main places in the U.S. for fashion. But like you said, I was also hugely guilty of shopping fast fashion ever since I was a kid. I would go to like Justice when I was like five years old and that was five fast fashion for children. And then I went to Urban Outfitters and uh, Forever 21. And just as I learned more about the fashion industry and knew that I wanted to be like work in the fashion industry and learn about the fashion industry in school. Um, I knew that I wanted to be a part of the good, the good part, the change. It's really heartbreaking to know that in parts of the world and even in the U.S. that there are kids who are eight years old or younger, or older, and there's mothers and everyone, anyone working in sweatshops, getting paid pennies to make our clothing, um, clothing that we end up wearing once and then goes into a landfill and then pollutes our planet. Yeah. So. It's just a constant cycle of badness. <laughs> it's just not yeah. good. <laughs> there are tons of ways of being sustainable. Um, I mean, as a college student, I do not have a very large budget for clothes. So thrifting has been something that I've really loved to do that's sustainable because you're constantly recycling like other people's old clothes. Um, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And a lot of the time, it's my treasure. <laughs> and, you know, shopping your friend's closet. Recently, me and uh, some of my other friends that go to my school but are also content creators, we hosted a closet sale. And we not only shops from ourselves, each other, swapped each other's clothes, but we also were able to sell some clothes to some of our followers and friends, which was really fun and hosting clothing swaps and stuff like that. So these are all cheaper ways of, you know, shopping sustainable. And then there's obviously supporting sustainable businesses and upcycling and all that jazz. Yeah, absolutely. Just to rewind back to that, it's funny when you said like you shopped at Justice because I'm just like kind of laughing at like our generation difference because that was limited too for me. 
yes, 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 yes. He rebranded to Justice, and it's like, oh, this is not the yes. star that I know Oh my know god, anymore. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Justice was definitely my like elementary school. They came up with like a brother store or something. I think it was literally called like Brothers, and then they like closed down. I don't know if they're still open in other places, but anywhere near where my hometown is they're like completely closed down so I don't know if they like yeah I know justice went out of business oh okay I was like I don't know if yeah. that's anymore I, know, I don't I don't think I was familiar with the brother store but I totally believe that <laughs> it was a thing for real because it was definitely all like women's or little girls clothing yeah. and I am excited to talk more about sustainable fashion but before we get back into that. This is one question that I ask every single guest that comes on my podcast. What is the biggest thing that you are mostly unapologetic about? Hmm, I would say it's definitely been a process, but I would say probably my wardrobe, what I wear every single day. And on top of that, I don't know if you want me to get into it more right now, but yeah, no, totally. Okay. <laughs> but in elementary school, middle school and high school, I was definitely just trying to fit in. That period of life is a very hard time. Lots of transition going on and figuring out who you are. And everyone always says that. And when I was younger, I was like, I know who I am. Like, why do people always say that? And then you grow up a little bit. And I'm still growing up. I'm I'm 19 years old. So I have a lot to learn. I do not know everything. But yeah, sure. even from the time that I was 15 years old or 14 years old or five years old to the time I'm to me now, I have learned so much about myself and maybe it's not major things, but it's just things that I like reflect back on who I was in high school. And I'm like, I don't really know why I wore Lululemon all the time because I don't like Lululemon. <laughs> it, no shame to Lululemon. I love if that's your like style, that's your style. And that's what makes you feel confident, but it's not my style. And I don't know why I wore it all the time. And so I reflect back on myself and I see I wasn't really truly being honest with like what I wanted to wear or who I wanted to hang out with or how I wanted to act because I wanted to fit into this kind of status quo or fit into fit in with my peers. And now that I'm like in, a, in LA and go to a fashion school where everyone expresses themselves, I've had a awakening. My eyes are open to the fact that I was not myself back in the day and now I'm much more myself and I'm still probably not like my full self or who I'm going to be when I'm in my 20s or in my 30s or in my 40s and I think that all comes with you know just living life and figuring it out along the way yeah well you're definitely in for a very fun ride once you hit your 20s <laughs> I'm 30 and I'll be 31 next month and so I remember last year I had a whole mental breakdown about turning 30 oh what a time that was and so now I've kind of like accepted okay like I'm now entering my 30s but I'll never forget my 20s like the 20s are going to be some of like the best years of your life to even continue to learn and grow but I love that you are already just so self-aware of who you are because I feel like at least for me I was not in that position I mean I was a freshman in college when I was 19 I was still very much immature, still thinking I knew it all when I certainly didn't. We like, I don't know, there's something about us millennials. We just had like really big egos back then. And I think it took me a really long time, like middle of college is when I was starting to like have that mind shift and to realize, okay, I'm becoming more self-aware of myself, but it was still a process. Even just every day you keep learning and growing. And I think that's a very beautiful thing, but I definitely envy that 
you have that self-awareness now because I certainly didn't have that at that age. And I also really like that you talked about how like you're unapologetically expressing yourself through fashion and what you wear. I I love that. And that has not been an answer I've gotten on this podcast before. So I love the uniqueness of that because self-expression comes in many different forms. And I think clothes is absolutely, or fashion in general, is just absolutely one of those things that makes us us. And I think you were talking about how you weren't always wearing things to like just try to fit in like you were just being yourself and I remember I was kind of the opposite so in college I was in a sorority I went to a southern university so Lily Pulitzer was like a big thing like it had a chokehold on us especially me especially me and so I would always dress very preppy I would wear Lily I would wear like Ralph Lauren polos I was just always trying to look like this Southern preppy girl because I was in Virginia and I'm from Virginia. I just thought this is what I need to do. Also, my mom like sort of raised me to wear all this stuff. But over time, I realized, is this really what I want to wear? Is this just because like society expects me to wear this? And I remember people really loved that I was wearing Lily and that I inspired them to wear Lily in my sorority because... I think that's when it was starting to really get more popular, especially within my sorority. It was really interesting to be that kind of influence on some people. But over time, I realized this preppy girl aesthetic in terms of my style is it's not me. I've always found myself to have more of an edge. So I like to say that my style now is more like casual edgy. Like I always try to have an element of black or red in my outfits or some sort of element of leather. If I'm going to wear pops of color, that's typically what I like to go for yeah definitely and to what you were saying like earlier thank you for thinking that I am mature for my age I love that compliment Uh, (laughs) but I think that part of the reason that maybe I have this like self-awareness now I think I had to do it and a lot of people in my generation had to do it at like an earlier age I think it's because of social media probably I think yeah, but things are just like you get brutalized on that on those freaking apps. You have to learn to like get a thick skin or like learn more about yourself or like I don't even know, like go through that whole process just a little bit earlier because I feel like there's just such a pattern nowadays where like, people are, I don't know, like partying earlier in life than like I was partying when I was in high school. Like middle schoolers now are going out and partying and that didn't even cross a lot of people's minds until high school and then bullying on top of that is starting earlier and people using phones like younger people are using phones younger people are going on social media so I think it's just things are just like happening so fast now in life I'll talk to like my younger cousins and they're experiencing things that I experienced my senior year of high school and they're in middle school and I'm like how are you guys already having that happen like you guys are not catching a break dang so I think it's just like a transition of like things are just continuously and continuously targeting like a younger audience, which is horrible because I don't ever want people to experience things like bullying and stuff like that at a younger age. I don't even want them to experience it at all. Anyways, I think that that might be kind of why like some Gen Zers you'll see are like so maybe mature for their age. But yeah, Lily Pulitzer was really popular in my hometown too. So it's funny that you mentioned that. And I realized too, like that wasn't me. And now I dress really random every single day. I wear a different different aesthetic every day. <laughs> we were talking about bullying, right? And I know when I first found you, you had talked about how you were 
that girl who had always kind of been a misfit because you didn't want to be like those popular mean girls. And I know you mentioned, but you were also part of the popular crowd. I guess what was something that was different for you um, compared to the rest of the popular girls in quote? Was it something you just knew that it was because they were bullies or was it something deeper than that? (laughs) The popular crowd, I feel like it's less like of a cliche than it is in like the movies. We kind of just hung out with everyone. Anyone that wanted to sit with us at lunch, sat with us at lunch. It was never like the mean girls that you see in movies. I think that bullying has gotten a very different like nowadays than it was back in like the 90s movies, which isn't that long ago. But with social media, like everything has changed. I don't think that necessarily anyone was like trying to be like super rude. Like they wouldn't like push you in the halls and stuff like that. It was more just like you would get left out. You would see people hanging out on social media and it would be very obvious that you were not invited. And then things got kind of brutal where when I started blogging um, when I was 13 years old, people kind of thought that that was, I think, weird maybe maybe they were jealous I don't know that was always what I was told by my mom to make me feel better (laughs) it's okay but I think that people just thought it was it was different maybe and weren't okay with it and so then when I started you know having a presence on social media and gaining followers people would have like fake instagrams and they would screenshot pictures of me modeling and they would say stuff about me and they would post it on their main Instagrams. And a lot of the time it was like, it was sometimes it was older girls, sometimes it was my own friends, and sometimes it was younger people than in younger grades than me. And I think it was just high school's a rough time. And I was doing something different. And a lot of the people now, they like comment on my posts and they reach out to me and I've had people apologize to me about being rude. Um, and I've had people that I didn't even know stick up for me and heard about it from someone else. And I think it's just navigating. Everyone's going through a rough time in high school. It's super confusing. You have no idea who you are. You have no idea who your real friends are. You've, you're worried about boys or girls or whoever you want to date. And it's confusing. <laughs> I think that, again, with social media, it just was really rough. And I realized that I just didn't have a lot in common with the people that I was hanging out with. So like nothing against them. It was just like a difference in, I think, like maturity at the time, a difference in my goals, what I wanted to do versus what they wanted to do. Not that like any, what their goals were, were, weren't more important than my goals. They were just different goals. They were different points of view. And I think now that I'm older, I realized that (laughs) when you're in the moment, when you're in high school, when you're in middle school, you can't see that because you're just worried about not being invited to a party or, you know, some girl hanging out with a guy that you like or something like that or some guy hanging out with a guy that you like. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that now that I'm older, I can see that. And so I ended up actually graduating high school early because, like I said, my goals were to go into the fashion industry and to work. My main goal was I wanted to be in the fashion industry. I want to be a content creator. And what I have the grades and am able to graduate early and move across the country and, you know, pursue my dreams. And those weren't other people's goals, other people's goals. And that's okay. Not that anyone was a terrible human being or <laughs> anything like that. It's just not that I was completely different from anyone or anything like that. I just didn't want to pursue that path of, you know, just worrying about high school all the time and worrying about 
you know, kind of more minimal things that you focus on when you're in those grades. And I wanted to move on and focus on my career and stuff like that. There's no really cliche high school bullying, at least in my experience. I'm sure that other people have had completely different experiences. But that in my experience, there was no like cliche movie high school bullying. It was a lot of social media bullying and just realizing now that if people are being rude to you, you don't need those people in your life. And it's yeah. super important that you surround yourself with people that only make you feel good about yourself. And I have found those people now. And that's what important that is important. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I like that you said that it's not cookie cutter, like how the movies portray it. Because I know like 90s movies portrayed a bully as like this guy who wears that leather jacket. He acts all tough. He pushes kids into lockers or like puts them in the trash can, right? And then with Mean Girls, it was like a lot of gossiping, um, fakeness, backstabbing, all of that. I was able to sort of like relate to Katie Heron in that movie because I know that I experienced a lot of that when I was growing up. Now, I, I didn't like act like the popular girls, of course, like how Katie was trying to do it. But I know like back then when I was bullied, people just deliberately like lying to your face, talking like this, being like, oh my God, hey girly. I see those TikToks of those girls who like talk like those girls who bullied me. And I get so triggered because I'm like, oh my God, why do they always talk like that? Yes, that's exactly how they talk to me. <laughs> they sound so condescending. They talk down to you like you're a little baby or something. And yeah. that's literally how I was talked to when I was a teenager. And I just ate it up. I just thought like, oh, they're they're trying to be my friend. And I was like so stupid and naive to realize, oh, no, they're being fake bitches. And one finally came out and she <laughs> to me that she's like, oh, no, we're actually not friends. I was messing with you this whole time. And I hated that girl ever since lost respect. Like I remember she made me cry so much after I found that out. She manipulated me to invite her to my bot mitzvah. I mean, she went. I can't believe like the audacity of this bitch. Oh my God. But that's insane. That's like straight out of like a 90s movie. That's that's awful. I am so sorry that you went through that and that yeah. she had the privilege of going to your bot mitzvah because a lot of fake people had the privilege of going to my bot mitzvah and I really wish I didn't invite them. But <laughs> I yeah. think that I think I definitely experienced a lot of that fakeness and I think that what I kind of noticed is just in relationships in general with like my parents or my boyfriend or any of my friendships if you're my friend I probably treat you like with all the care and compassion that I possibly can in the world because you're my friend and I love you so much a lot of the time I didn't have that reciprocated to me and it wasn't even that I didn't have that reciprocated. It's that they like tried to and then would go and talk about you and make up just lies about things, which is something that I experienced a lot. Like definitely like in Mean Girls, like so many rumors about things that just weren't true at yeah. all, like made out of like thin air. Like I literally would hear people talking about me or I would have people come up and be like, so this is what I heard. Like, I just wanted to ask you if this is true. And I'd be like, no. No, like what do you mean? They don't believe you, and then they try to like make the rumor a thing. It's so hard. Bullying in high school now, it's just like 
a different kind of like it's like manipulativeness like it's not even pushing you in lockers and throwing you in trash cans at least I hope it's also not that I hope um, not either. I hope not um if that happens I'm so sorry that is literally terrible and any kind of bullying no one should ever have to go through but I do think that because I was bullied in high school and middle school and elementary school I have learned that I never, ever want someone else to feel that way. In high school, if I would ever have friends over, it was always hard because you don't want people to think that you're excluding them. But if you have like a ton of friends, sometimes you can't have everyone over. Sometimes like yeah. you forget someone or something. And I would, I remember um, I would always like have people over and it, that was the thing that I had to worry about a lot was people feeling excluded. And I would have people ask me if they could come over and I'd always be like, oh my God, of course. Like, I'm so sorry. Nothing was intentional. My mom said five people, but I don't want you to feel excluded. So like, she's, she's going to be okay if it's just one more person because she's also kind and doesn't want you to feel excluded. And I know that now I never want someone to like feel excluded or ever feel hurt. I don't think that bullying is good, but me with my like always trying to keep a positive mindset kind of thing, I think that now I am a better human being because I got bullied. Isn't that crazy? It's awful. It's kind of how (laughs) I felt like that too. I don't want to say like I owe my bullies something because it's like I don't I'm not indebted to you absolutely not like I I found that within myself yes and it and took me to realize that like you are insecure with your own self and like they truly were like at the time I didn't see that they were jealous and insecure I always marched to the beat of my own drum and I always stay true to myself and people didn't like that like everyone was so concerned about just like fitting mm-hmm. in and not being weird, whatever that's supposed to mean. There is no accountability. I will say one thing that I've noticed, because I just see this a lot on social media, um, but I don't know what it's like in the real life. I do feel like Gen Z has done a really good job or they're doing their best to hold bullies accountable, especially on social media. It's definitely a nicer generation. Like, Back then, nobody was holding anyone accountable. Nobody was standing up for one another. Teachers were not getting bullies in trouble. Always the victim got in trouble. I'm kind of curious to know if you think that's true or if you if it hasn't changed. I mean, in my personal experience in like high school, social media didn't so much help. It definitely hindered the whole bullying experience, or made it worse, I guess, because people were using it as their prime way of bullying people. Yeah. I don't like cancel culture. Cancel culture is very extreme. It doesn't give um, people a a chance to learn from mistakes. And while we always wish that that mistake wasn't made in the first place, and all cases are different, obviously, if someone Mm -hmm. should be really, really canceled for something, they should be canceled for that. But if it's like a small mistake, I don't think that, you know, that person should get canceled. Like they should learn, they should genuinely apologize, and then they should educate themselves on whatever the topic is that they need educating on and improve their, you know, who they are as a human being. But I think that like in the real world now, if, you know, someone does something that's bullying or bad, influencers a lot of the time now are being held accountable. I know recently, I can't remember who, but an influencer was called out for fat shaming. You're a bully. You're, you're, judging someone on their body when everybody is beautiful. You have no right to do that because who are you to say that person's body is not beautiful? Everybody is beautiful. We're all different. We're supposed to be. So, you know, being held accountable for stuff like that, like that is bullying. And nowadays on social media, you'll see people being like, that's not okay to say. You can't say stuff like that. 
Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think it kind of depends on the situation. It's not here nor there. It's a little bit of everything. (laughs) For sure, for sure. So I want to pivot our conversation back into sustainable fashion. I'm curious to know what had got you interested in fashion, um, especially with sustainable fashion? Yeah, I have always been into fashion, literally my entire existence. There's this photo of me in my house and I am a baby and I have a hat on and my mom's heels on and um, I'm playing with her jewelry. And my mom says, and she always says this, I quoted all the time on my own podcast, but when I was a child and I could just start crawling, I would literally crawl my way into her closet and play with and steal with all of, all of her stuff. So it's always been a thing. Um, it's actually funny now looking back at videos of my stuff when I'm doing fashion shows of like, my grandmother bought me a bunch of stuff and I'm going to model it for you all and you have to sit here and watch. Um, or even my dad, uh, he used to be on the t- on TV and we would, I would like help him practice for if he had an interview or something the next day. Um, and I was like, you can literally see that my future was going to be content creation and fashion. Like ever since I was a child, you can see that stuff. And then I think it was about two years ago. Sustainable fashion is definitely way more popular than it was, um, 10 years ago. It wasn't even really a, a thing 10 years ago. No one knew yeah. it existed. And now it's much more popular, but it's still not talked about nearly as much as it should be. In fact, the entire fashion industry should be sustainable and ethical. The fashion industry, according to many sources, is the second most polluting industry right under like the oil industry, which is literally insane. And even if you think that, you know, the fashion industry doesn't apply to you, if you don't care if your clothes match, they don't have to match, by the way, you can wear whatever you want. But (laughs) um, even if you don't care about fashion, you still probably wear clothes every single day, even to bed. So it applies to you. And so many people don't realize how harmful it is. So it was about two years ago when I think I started like just even hearing the term sustainable fashion more. And I was writing on my blog about like trends and what celebrities were wearing, not realizing that I was also having an impact to um, our planet and its downfall. So yeah, so then I just, I heard about this and I educated myself more on it and I'm still educating myself more on it. You learn something new every single day and especially with sustainable fashion because so much new stuff, so much stuff is like, being found out and so we're learning constantly in the industry like currently so us as consumers are also learning more every single day and yeah so I just decided to pivot everything because like I said earlier if I was going to be a part of the fashion industry I wanted to be a part of the good part a part of the change and now it's like my entire existence I eat sleep and breathe sustainable fashion it is applied in my school projects. It is applied in my job. It is applied in my wardrobe. It is applied in my friend's wardrobe, in my parents' wardrobe, in my brother's wardrobe, in my boyfriend's wardrobe, in my dog's wardrobe, who, yes, she wears clothes sometimes. And yes, I try to upcycle them from my old clothes. So (laughs) there's my little spiel about sustainable fashion. No, that's really cool. So I started to learn more about it because I agree I think it was not really talked about until maybe a couple years ago I want to say it was 2018 is when I started to really like become more aware about sustainable fashion and learn about so one of my friends from San Francisco because I used to live there for four years and so 
she's all about sustainable fashion. That's something that's very, very important to her. And so she kind of got me a little bit more hooked on it. So there was one Friday evening where um, we got tickets to go to San Francisco Sustainable Fashion Week. And Mm. it was really cool. I had never been to like a fashion week or fashion show ever. So this felt kind of really cool. It was at City Hall and we were able to get access to it. And we were able to like watch all the models wear these extravagant items of all these sustainable clothes. Um, I wish I like remembered some of the brands of, I think Everlane was there for that. And they they had like this crazy, crazy, like extravagant thing that they obviously wouldn't really sell in their stores, but mm-hmm. that was the brand of it, right? So, and Everlane is based out of San Francisco. So I think they were probably using like Bay Area based brands to kind of start off. And it was a very small fashion show. I mean, I hope it's gotten bigger over the past couple of years because that was like, what, four years ago? So yeah, that was like really exciting. It was just very eye-opening to like meet some other folks who are part of the sustainable fashion world and like get some business cards and just talk to people. But yeah, I do try to like become more mindful. You mentioned thrifting earlier. I love going to thrift stores. I think that is definitely like one of the best ways to like start becoming more sustainable because you're not wasting clothes, you're reusing it. And you're just really saving the environment by not having to repurchase new things. So one thing that I'm doing this year for Halloween is I actually uh, filmed on my YouTube channel how I was um, thrifting for my Halloween costume. I had to do two parts to it because the first one was in Richmond and Richmond was giving me nothing, nothing that I (laughs) needed. And then when I go back to Portland and Portland is like such a great place to go thrift shopping, we have so many great stores. So then of course, like Portland did not let me down. I found everything that I needed. I I did have to buy one specific thing for um, my costume. I could have, I made it. Yeah, but I wanted it to look a little bit more quality. So I didn't DIY it, but I mean, the rest of my outfit is pretty much DIY. Like I needed red shoes for my outfit. So I found these white shoes. And so I'm just going to dye them red just so I can like DIY that because that's really easy. Just, you know, take the laces out and dye the shoe. I'm doing that this year because Halloween costumes are very expensive. And I just want to do this on the budget. And thrift stores is the best way to do that. Yeah, Halloween is um, a huge contributor to like specifically throughout the year. If you look at like fast fashion um, sales and stuff like that. Halloween's like up there along with probably like Christmas and Hanukkah. But I love that. I think a big part of sustainable fashion and just like being an environmentalist in general is not, you know, beating yourself up for the things that you can't do and cheering yourself on for the things that you did do. It's physically impossible to become sustainable overnight. It's impossible for you yourself to become sustainable overnight. So it's even more impossible for a fast fashion brand to become sustainable overnight. Um, But I think we have to, you know, cheer people on for the, you know, the little efforts that they are making in the world, as long as it's not greenwashing, because that is not sustainable. And I think that it's so great that you are thrifting your Halloween costume. I have like a series that I did last year, and I'm doing it this year of kind of shopping my own closet. So just going through my closet and creating um, Halloween costumes out of stuff I already have, uh, which will be a lot of fun. That Um, is fun check that out go look at my Instagram but uh, (laughs) but yeah I think that it's all about just like making little changes and like you said thrifting when you can and to what we were saying earlier I think that thrifting if you want to kind of not necessarily just 
fit in with the crowd if you're in high school or middle school or even college or whenever you're going through learning more about yourself experience that we all go through. Um, thrifting can actually really help with that because I started thrifting, I think my senior, well, I thrifted before that, but like religiously thrifting my senior year of high school. And that was probably the year I like noticed a lot of change in my life because I wasn't just wearing stuff that I knew other people were wearing. And I kind of only really hung out with like my family during that time in my life. But I was going to thrift stores a lot uh, because I wanted to be sustainable. And when you go to a thrift store, it's completely random what's there. It's baby stuff. It's men's stuff. It's women's stuff. It's whoever's stuff. Um, it's costumes, it's lingerie, it's home decor. It's completely random. You yeah. can get literally anything. And most of the time you're going to get something that's only one of a kind. So you're genuinely going to a thrift store to pick out what you enjoy, not what's on trend, What you, something that you genuinely like. Right. And eventually, if you keep going thrifting, your closet is going to be made up of things that you genuinely like, not just stuff that are on, on trend. If you go to an Urban Outfitters, that has a certain aesthetic that has um, things that are on trend. And so if you go to an Urban Outfitters and you buy stuff that are, is there, you're going to be wearing what everyone else is wearing, which is okay if you want to do that. But I was going through the process of trying to like figure out what I genuinely liked and not wanting to fit in with a certain aesthetic or a certain crowd um, and just kind of be more myself. And now my entire closet is like a little capsule closet of who I am as a person. And now I know more about myself because of that. I absolutely love that. And, you know, I think it's really important that the purpose of going thrifting is to not really buy things that's on trend. I mean, most, I feel like most thrift stores don't really have things on trend unless if you go to like Buffalo Exchange. I was literally just there and I did find some things. It's great because, I mean, if I do want something trendy that is going to be more cost effective, I will, I will go to those stores. But I cannot tell you how pissed off I was. So I have this teal skirt. It's like a pencil skirt, maybe down to your knees. It's by J. Crew. It's a timeless classic piece that doesn't go out of style. And I wanted to trade it in to Buffalo Exchange. And they were like, uh, pencil skirts don't sell well here. And I'm thinking, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now. <laughs> there are still so many people who will wear a pencil skirt, whether it's work attire or not. You can't tell me that's not trendy. Like that is just a timeless classic piece. I got so annoyed. It's like, I just, I've given up on trying to sell things at Buffalo Exchange or those stores because they just won't take anything. Yeah, I I do that at Crossroads a lot. Like I'll send my stuff there just so I can get a few extra dollars. Like I said, I'm a college student. I can use it yeah. in there. I brought in boxes worth of stuff and they only took a few things like I still came home with boxes worth of stuff sounds about um, right so I will end up I haven't yet but I'm going to take all of that stuff to Goodwill because I love Goodwill a lot I talk about them all the time but they'll take everything they're you're willing to give um and if they can't sell it in their store they have means of getting rid of it in a sustainable way um they don't just take it to a landfill it'll go someplace that's you know it will be upcycled and turned into rags. I don't know what else. It'll go someplace more sustainably than yeah. to landfill. I always suggest going to Crossroads, getting a little bit of money if you can, and then if not, taking the rest of your stuff to Goodwill or giving it to your friends, selling it to your friends. Kinds of sustainable ways of you know getting rid of your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 
I know we're like kind of almost towards the end here. Um, really quick, I know you had mentioned that like fashion psychology is like this newer term. I'm curious to know if you can explain what that is and how consumers can like incorporate that um, more into their style. Yeah. Um, so fashion as a whole is a psychology. I get made fun of a lot because I go to a fashion school and they're like, oh, what do you learn about colors? And I'm like, well, yes, I actually genuinely do, but I, it's a psychology, not just like I learned how to make purple. <laughs> so fashion as a whole is a psychology. If you wake up in the morning and you feel like absolute shit, which I feel like that a lot of the time when I wake up in the morning, cause I just want to be in bed and do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, if I put on a black pair of sweatpants and a sweatshirt. I don't usually wear black that often. I love black. It's a great color. And some people, black is their favorite color. So if they put on black, and maybe that'll make their mood better throughout the day. But I don't wear black that often. So if I put on black, I know that for the rest of the day, I'm probably going to be in that same shitty mood that I woke up in. And I wear sweatpants. I don't wear sweatpants all the time. I wear them when I'm going to bed. So if I wear them all throughout the day, I know I'm probably still going to be in that same shitty mood all day. But if I wear something like orange sequin shirt with my blue pants, because I'm a colorful person and I love wearing color, then I know that I'm going to immediately get into a better mood. It's also where like, if you don't like your outfit, you're in a bad mood. That's genuinely like a psychology. It's about confidence. If you don't like your outfit, then you probably don't feel confident that day. And if you don't feel confident, then you're in a bad mood and then you're upset. And so if you like your outfit, then you feel good about yourself and you're happy. It can literally change your mood depending on you know, what you wear. And it, it's different for every single human being. It's about what makes them happy. And that's fashion in general. If sweatpants make you happy, but they don't make me happy, well, sweatpants always make me happy, but I don't wear them all the time. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. If I'm going to put something on that I wear to bed, then I probably will feel tired throughout the day. But if I put something on that I would not wear to bed, then I'm going to feel more awake. My brain like associates sweatpants with sleep. So in general, it's a psychology. It can literally improve your mood on a day-to-day -day basis. And then on top of that, I actually learned this recently, but like your skin could look better with certain colors. And so yeah. my, my cousin got really into this. Um, she did the thing where you can get, you can like find out what your colors are, like what colors look best with your skin tone. Um, and so I did that recently and you could literally see like a difference in like my eyes popping and my lips popping and my cheeks popping than if I wore like a color that didn't look the best. And I don't really necessarily care because I wear every color and it makes me happy. But it is interesting to know that like color theory has a lot to do with how you associate maybe yourself or a person or something like that. And that's used a lot in shows too. Fashion psychology is used in euphoria all the time. You associate Cassie's character with baby blues and baby pinks, and you associate Rue's character with purple. So it as a whole is just a psychology and it can improve your day or it can, you know, keep you in that sad mood that you were in when you woke up in the morning. That is really cool. And I definitely see where you're coming from on that. So that is definitely something that I'm going to have to keep in mind when I <laughs> have to dress. And so the last question that I have is, I know you talked about a couple of things that people can do to be sustainable, but let's say someone wants to start off. What would you say is the biggest piece of advice you can give to others who are looking to make that transition? Um, I'd say, you know, start off slow and start off where you can. A lot of people think that becoming sustainable is getting rid of things in your closet that aren't sustainable, but that's not true. I've had fast fashion pieces in my closet that seem to have lost because I've 
kept good care of them over the years that have lasted me for since I was in middle school. And it's about, you know, taking care of the things that you already have. You can make small transitions, like instead of shopping at that Forever 21 or that Shein or that Urban Outfitters going to a thrift store at that one time. It's the same thing with like beauty products. If you have um, a shampoo that's in a plastic bottle, you think that you have to get rid of that shampoo immediately and use all of it so that you can buy a more sustainable one. But that's not true. Use what you have. You know, there's so much clothes in in the world, so many, that we don't need to keep creating more. We have enough clothes out there that all of us billions of human beings could have like a closet full of them. But not only are we still making more, we're making them at a way faster rate than we were making them in the early 2000s or the 1950s. And so there's just so much out there. So shop what's already out there. Shop thrifting, shop your friend's closet, shop your own closet. And yeah, support small businesses. There's tons of small ways that you can make that sustainable switch, but also not shopping at all. Super sustainable. There you, you already go. have so many clothes. Maybe try wearing them a different way. Maybe I haven't gone shopping for clothes in so long. And usually I love shopping, but well, shopping, I, I go thrifting. So I haven't gone thrifting in a very, very long time. And usually I would be like, dang, I need to go thrifting. I don't, I haven't gone in a week. I haven't gone in a month. I haven't gone in three months. But not shopping at all is super sustainable because we have a hyper consumerism, you know, mindset and it doesn't need yeah. to be like that. We don't need to constantly bring new stuff. I love that. No, that's really helpful. And thank you so much for sharing all of that great advice. If people wanted to um, check you out, where can they find you? Yes, of course. Please do. Um, And reach out to me if you have any questions about sustainable fashion or fashion in general or life. I'm always here for advice, but my Instagram and my YouTube and my TikTok are all at Lexi Silverstein. That's L-E-X-Y silver like the color s-t-e-i-n and my own personal podcast is electify the place for fashion on wherever you download your podcasts i love it and guys i will have all of her um handles and her podcast linked in the description down below and if you ever have an unapologetic experience that you ever want to share with me make sure you email the podcast at shamelessly unapologetic podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelessly unapologetic. Lexi, it's been such a pleasure having you today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And I really enjoyed talking with you too. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.